0: You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode 188. I'm your host, Andres Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Yelena Levin and Pontus Spökman. See Stock. Всем Hey, San, Hey, son.
1: Wow. The three of us. At the same time. (laughs)
2: Wow.
1: What an occasion. That's been a while.
2: The whole (laughs) team is here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we're here, but we are in very different places. We're all at our homes, respectively. So what time is it for you now, Jelena? Uh, It's
2: it's half past ten in the evening. Mm
1: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's time
2: to go to
3: sleep. <laughs> yeah, not just yet. We well, have a show yeah. to record
0: first. <laughs> yeah, please wait a little longer. Just a little longer. <laughs> yeah, and we're in the same time zone for a change. Yeah, you and me, yes. That's the, two, right. the two of us, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so 8.30? At least. No, it's 7.30. 7.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm feel very fresh mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so what have we got for, for this week we, we've got a couple of things but before that let me tell you something i had an amazing experience Ah, uh, you probably all know that i was at chic up fest Ooh, which yes. took place in Padova. oh my god if i can say <laughs> say that on a skeptical podcast wow it was called the festival of science and curiosity any guesses of uh, how many people attended? I saw the news, so I know. Oh, you saw the news. That's that's Okay, that doesn't count. <laughs> okay, so it was over 20,000 people who attended this event. That's fantastic. It wasn't just one event. It, it was more than 200, I think it was 250 different events taking place all across the town. The town centre looked like as if it was... Just occupied and invaded by skeptics and <laughs> cheek up. You know, um, the volunteers were wearing orange colored t shirts, looked a little bit like UED mm-hmm. <laughs> in that mm-hmm. regard. Mm-hmm but they were all over the place massive banners with chicken fest written on them all over the, the the city so wherever you went there was an info point a meeting point or a venue there were open venues as well there was a sofa in the middle of the, the streets like in front of the city hall and when people just came around they were just stopped by the fact that there was a sofa on which two people were talking in the middle of the street and it was all about science. It was all about a lot of talks, were about the moon, a lot of talks were about space exploration. It was amazing. And I met Richard Wiseman there, who gave a translated talk. Ah, uh, uh-huh. yeah. The translation was um, done by a lovely young lady by the name Veronica Padovani. She was there just in case I needed some help when I was giving my talk on the credulous tourism.
2: Did you, did you need any help in the end?
0: Well, uh, no, 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 no. She didn't need to intervene, fortunately, but uh, it meant a lot that she was there. So this is a shout out to Veronica. Thank you very much. Grazie mille. So that was <laughs> that was my first ever talk given in Italian. and
2: Well, I personally think <laughs> it's an amazing thing that you did, Andres. Thank Just to, to do, you know, the talk Not in your uh, first language Or second for that matter Because we can consider English yeah, being third, your yeah. second <laughs> I bet people really appreciated it Because it's, it's a real effort, right?
0: Yes, yes And I have to say, in general I don't like to uh, make generalizations um, In general <laughs>
2: <but> <laughs> <laughs> In general, I don't like to make generalizations
0: But in my experience uh, with uh, Italians it's it's very encouraging so a lot of Italian people that I've met they appreciate you even being able to speak a couple of words in Italian and when you actually can put together a complete sentence they're so appreciative that you, they start praising you for how good an Italian you speak and that makes you want to go in deeper and deeper and deeper and, and do more and that, that is amazing and, and that something that made me want to do this even more. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think it was a catastrophe. And uh, okay. people even um, asked me a couple of questions afterwards. So we got into conversations with a couple of them. Yeah, I'd like to thank all of them who, who came along. Wow. Mm-hmm. And these guys at Cheek Up, they are amazing. The enthusiasm, it was a very well-organized Unbelievable. I recorded an interview with Massimo, Massimo Polidoro, who was uh, the engine behind the, all this.
2: In, in English, I'm assuming.
0: In English, of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, because I, I recorded an interview for the ESP, so uh, obviously it, it had all to right. be in, um, in English. Yeah, so we're not going to run that interview on this show, but on the next one. Yeah. Looking, but,
2: looking forward to this one, yeah. Very good. And hopefully, when, when your talk comes out, maybe it'll be s- subtitled
0: oh, um, to yeah, English. Well, I don't know. I
2: don't On know. YouTube?
0: Uh, yeah, I would love, uh, just, just a hint, I would love to give that talk in English as well because um, uh, it's a slightly different talk from what I gave at uh, Skeptic Camp. Yeah. It's a little bit different from that. Now I'm starting to feel that it's starting to, to get into a Proper shape, this the this talk. Cool. Anyway, yeah. So on this episode, we will go
4: to
1: the previous conference that we were you and me, uh, András. Oh yeah. We have four interviews that we recorded there uh, that we want to run. So that'll be this week's episode. And the first one is with uh, Joseph Van Giel, who is a podcaster. It's he has a podcast called Kritisch Denken which means critical thinking. And he was also very instrumental in, uh, in putting everything together at the European Skeptics Congress. He was running all the microphones and he was taking a lot of photographs and making sure that it was filmed, etc. So let's listen to that one first.
0: Uh, we are at the European Skeptics Congress in Kent. This is the second day, we, uh, it's, a, it's a Saturday, it's a Saturday lunchtime. And during the lunch break, we are here with Joseph van Heel, who's also a fellow podcaster. And are you from Belgium or you're from the Netherlands? I'm from Belgium. You're from Belgium, yes. but from the Flemish part, aren't from you? From the Flemish part, okay. yeah. uh, near Bruges. Uh, near Bruges. okay. Near Brugge, yes. So, you are one of the, group, the crew members of yeah. the organizing also, team. Yes they asked
5: me and uh, i was so stupid to (laughs) to say yes
1: yeah you look very busy you run around with (laughs) a microphone and you make you recording everything and you take photographs (laughs) yes Yes. Yes. audio and video and it will be available at a later stage so yes, how, how yes. would you
0: evaluate so far the, the, the Congress so
5: far? Yeah. Um, as well, a b- I found it very interesting, especially in the last one from Michael Heap. It was a very good presentation. Mm-hmm. I found it very interesting how he, uh, how he brings children into skeptical thinking.
0: It was a talk like you yeah. You want to go out yeah. and do it yourself yes, as well, exactly. right? Yeah. So that, that's that's what yeah, it that's, makes you feel.
5: That's one of the things that we have to do more as skeptics. I think also the presentation of yesterday morning about the... Uh, how are they called? Uh, how did they call it? Uh, Homeopathie Network. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brilliant job that, that what they, do. they do. in in Germany is fantastic. It so is. I, I told our president of the... Belgian uh, or the Flemish uh, SCAP that we should do exactly the same thing and I think that we should do it all over Europe Yeah, and everyone just uh, ask access to the same website translate it into your own language and then also do the same actions that they do with the balls and with the
1: Uh, That's why it's so good of them to uh, uh, translate it to English. We've talked about this on the show before, and it's really, they're making a great service for everybody. And I think uh, societies like your own and and in other countries, we should really take advantage of that. Because if they've done it once, why do we have to do it from scratch? And
0: then we can learn from each other. Yes. So, um, about your background. You are a fellow podcaster. Um, Yes. Can you you tell us more about your podcast? I
5: started 10 years ago. Almost nobody in Belgium knew what the podcast was. Oh, yeah. And uh, after, after the first month, I had about 100 listeners. No, after three months, I was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was so unknown that I have even made a, a, website, uh, a page on my website where I um, have explained line by line what you have to do in order to subscribe to the podcast. And so mm. Because nobody knew what a podcast was. Nobody knew. So the what's podcast. the name of the podcast? So the podcast is Kritisch Denken, which means... Critical thinking, critical
1: yes, thinking. yes. critical, critical yeah, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you said uh,
0: Dutch yeah. is difficult, but yes. I think it yes. sounds easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, because this one sounds a, yeah, yeah. a little bit like German. Right? Yeah, exactly. So um, what, what topics do you cover yeah. um, in the show? Is it, is is it is I, uh, only you doing it, or are
5: you doing no. it with uh, someone else? Mostly by my own, but uh, I have some help. So uh, there is, in the first place, uh, Rieg de Laat, who is... A person who also la- normally always is in this kind of uh, events, mm-hmm. but uh, the the last years he doesn't want to go anymore, he's getting a bit old, older but he's still very active in, uh, so what he, he does is when I write my own texts he corrects them mm-hmm. and sometimes when you look at the text that he has corrected and my original, you can almost not recognize it anymore <laughs> so I'm very grateful for that because... Uh, He's very good at, at doing those things. And he has been a teacher all his life. And um, as a result, he knows how to make simple, understandable texts. And, and what's and your background? I'm a, I'm an engineer. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I'm still uh, working in the heavy industry. <laughs> yeah. And then there was... Uh, uh, Leon Korteweg, who has been helping me mm-hmm. a bit? Who has been on the European Skeptics podcast at the beginning? Yeah, a long time
1: ago. And we of course, friends with him, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I personally know him originally from guerrilla skepticism on Wikipedia, where, yeah. he's, where he's, he's, yeah. he's one of the, the most prolific editors. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
5: sometimes ask myself where he takes the time to all do all those things. <laughs> yeah.
0: so, so tell us
1: a little bit about uh, a favorite uh, episode that you've produced or a favorite yeah, topic yeah. that you've covered.
5: Well, one of the most favorite, one of the things I'm most proud of that I have ever made was one about energy. hmm And uh, where I try to explain in one episode exactly what is energy. Many people don't know. Mm. And they don't know that it's in fact not that difficult. eh? The capacity to do work. Mm. But then after that, once you have explained that, then that this is as a consequence many more things, that heat is also energy, etc., etc., etc. And that... Body energy and all those things are just bullshit because it doesn't have
0: anything to, d- <laughs> to, to do with. Yeah.
5: <laughs> with. Uh, and I have had a lot of uh, reactions from people on that on that episode. It was episode 61, so it's already very long long ago that I made that. Uh,
1: so what what's the episode? latest episode number?
5: Yeah, the the episode which is now online, I think, is uh, 483. Wow. So oh, wow. Well done. And so i make uh, many different many different topics. So as I said, as sometimes explained simple uh, scientific things. I'm now preparing also a whole group of episodes to explain how global warming works. Mm-hmm. And in fact in a response to uh, uh, how do we they call it? I don't like to call them uh, climate skeptics because they are not skeptics in the uh, climate deniers. Deniers, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a denier which has a big voice in, uh, in Flanders. And every time when I have a discussion with anybody about it, I say, show me your proof. They always refer to, to his writings. So I'm fed up with that. And I say, now I'm going to write a number of episodes <laughs> that, uh, that go against each argument that this guy gives because it's always the yeah. same arguments that they, right. they come... How with. long are the episodes... Um, about 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. In, That's in, very concise. In, in, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I made them sometimes longer. And then I got some reply that maybe it's too long because mm-hmm. it's me alone, eh? In in your case, you have a dialogue or a trialogue Mm -hmm. uh, with the three of you. But in my case, it's me alone. And then it's sometimes a bit less interesting to listen that long to the same voice. So I I cut them into 20 minutes. Also, when I do live recordings, Mm -hmm. uh, because I also do that a lot, then I, I try to cut them into parts of maximum 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah, and then in different episodes, I find great. a place which is good to say. Next time we are going to talk about that, yeah. and then.
1: Yeah. That sounds like great, great work. So, yeah. uh, you plan to go on with the podcast for oh, yeah,
5: for an uh, in, indefinite time. Uh, very <laughs> good, very good. Really. Oh, well, sometimes they say oh, I'm going to stop and so on, but then all of a sudden so you get a, an email from someone who says uh, ah. Thanks to you, I've changed my mind and so Great. on and then you, oh, and to then go you have to, to go, go, on. On. <laughs> go on. Good job. Yeah. good job.
0: How did you come up with the idea? Well I mean you uh, said you said that it, it yes. was in the time yes. that, that nobody, nobody knew it um, yeah but podcasting. I was
5: already a fan of a podcast that I know that you were also you're also fan of The Skeptics Guide the to Skeptic's the Universe guide. it okay. was ongoing I think for 2 or 3 years at that moment and uh, and also Skeptoids and uh, there was also Astronomy Cast mm-hmm. which I like to listen to And then I was looking at, uh, in fact, it's a pity that there is no uh, Dutch-spoken podcasts with the same kinds of uh, topics, because, in fact, who should learn most about this? Exactly those people who are not so familiar with English. Yeah,
1: that's true. true. Uh
5: And because those have less access in general... Mm -hmm. To, to scientific and skeptical topics and, and, they, and that's the way I started oh, really? and in fact the first ten episodes that I made were very simple I, s- I sent a mail to Steve Novella with a question if I was allowed to translate his uh, logical fallacies mm-hmm. ah, yeah. list yeah. and so together with Rick we have translated all the logical fallacies that uh, he presented, we have changed a bit the text by adding some examples, which are typical for our region and so on. Yeah. And those were the then uh, first episodes. Yeah. And then after, I think after 15 episodes, all of a sudden it was a panic for me because I was on a host with a limited bandwidth and I was on the top. All of a sudden, halfway the month, there was not enough bandwidth anymore because I had so many subscribers. So I had to search for another one. And most were very expensive. But then I found one which was payable. With limited uh, bandwidth, and that was uh, because it's important for yeah, us. Eh? a Yeah, because at this moment you have these hosts which are specialized in podcasts and music and so on that didn't exist at that yeah. moment, so you have to host mm-hmm. on your own. Mm-hmm. I'm still hosting on my own website because, uh, well, I'm used to it, and I don't want to become dependent of mm-hmm. any other...
0: Mm-hmm. So, where can our listeners find um, out more about your work and your podcast?
5: So, there are, uh, first, there is the the website of the podcast, of course, which is kritischdenken, in one word, .info. That was a pity, because .be and .nl were already used. Oh, Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hope and for a I good case. And, and I think to remember, I didn't check recently anymore, that one of them were not at all about thinking. <laughs> <Right, laughs> yeah, 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 oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I also used the logo of uh, the teapot of Russell. Hmm?
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Of
5: yeah. Yes. There and you're,
0: You are you are wearing a T-shirt with that uh, yes. logo right, right now. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: And so I used the username on Twitter, which is uh, Russell's teapot. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. yeah, in Written in Dutch. And you have to pay attention because there is also one which is almost the same.
1: We will put and the links in do the, do the show notes. Yeah, yeah so I, I think, think it's easier than to that. Let's try and explain to yeah. it. Yeah.
5: And I also made a Facebook page, Russell's Teapot,
0: mm-hmm. in Dutch, mm-hmm. uh, where I post many things. All right. Okay. Well, good luck and all the best with uh, your future work as a, a skeptical Voice out there for that speaking, okay and uh thank you very much for all the work that you've put in this uh, congress with uh, with all your fellow skeptics who thank are responsible you. for it. Thank
5: thing. you to you too, and also to come from so far to here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: no, thank you very much to and see us. Let's keep in touch in the future. Yeah. As
5: well. I'm Definitely. happy. See you now in, in person. Finally, finally. <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you. you very thank much. You. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Joseph.
0: Bye as you could hear it on the interview as well he's a fellow podcaster and it was it was amazing how he seemed to be everywhere at the same time at the congress mm. so you could not really avoid meeting him no matter where you went <laughs> exactly. he was he was everywhere
1: <laughs> extremely helpful as well i ran out of batteries in my microphone at the time and he immediately produced a handful of batteries so i could continue it was great
0: yeah it's like yeah very nice guy yeah, thanks very much for everything, Josef. Yeah. And I believe it was uh, Josef who um, introduced me to Dita uh, Butebier, who uh, runs a chat group or a discussion group in Belgium, and um, obviously what we do as podcasters when when it, when something like that happens, we interview the people. So that's what <laughs> I did. <laughs> I grabbed the mic and just grabbed him. We went to a relatively quiet corner of the building. which was difficult to find during the, the Congress, but we managed. And this is what we ended up with. Okay, so we are still here at the 18th European Skeptics Congress in Ghent in Belgium where, as uh, it can be heard from the background, it is a coffee break at the moment. And I'm standing here with uh, a gentleman by the name
3: Dieter. What's your full name? Uh, My name is Dieter Betbeer. Are you from here? I am from Antwerp. Ah, so the same country. You're still from Belgium. Belgium is very small, so (laughs) just came here by train and, uh, yeah.
0: Uh, yesterday at the evening session where um, it was a bit of an entertainment we heard uh, from, from a Belgian comedian that Belgium is so small that he, he's touring the country and he basically goes out
3: everywhere on foot. Lieve Sierre, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wasn't here yesterday but I saw it uh, via the Facebook group, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking crazy. I was uh, in Argentina this year and... When I wanted to go from one city to the other, it was like 12 hours by bus and then another 12 hours to another city and it's like a completely different culture. <laughs> and with one hour you can cross Belgium, you know?
0: Yeah, um, but we're not here to discuss the size of the country. Uh, we, we just met a couple, a couple of minutes ago and it uh, turns out that uh, you run a bit of a discussion group that you, uh, the, the idea of which you came up with yourself. So uh, can you tell us something about that group?
3: Uh, Yeah, um, I started a a local meetup group. It's sort of a skeptical group, a progressive skeptical group. And I started it because I had, um, at one point, my frustration was just too high with having so many talks about all kinds of topics, where in the end, it turned out people believe something weird, like the cure for cancer is being hidden, 9-11 is the inside job, you know, everything, you know, all the skeptic topics. I believe in the majority of people believe in weird things. And I was so sick of it. I just want to have more proper discussions without getting sanded in these recurring themes of, I don't know how to call it, crazy thinking. Okay, it's a little bit unrespectful, but I just want to go a little bit further. I, I know it, it is what it is. If somebody believes it, okay, you have to, my way of dealing with it is rational. Okay, accept it in an anthropological way. I I cannot find it find it you know um, to to wish that somebody is smarter is actually quite dumb so but I wanted to find a solution my solution was to start a local meetup group Uh, meetup is like an online platform where you can start a group and find uh, like-minded people for for any subject or whatever so I said to myself okay if I can make the rules of this meetup group it's my meetup group if I make. Zero compromise, what do I really, really want? And I made like a whole list of um, ideas that you could not believe in if you wanted to join the meetup group. Uh, so I made it's like a bit like a filter, you know? Uh, why did I do that? Because I want to talk about international politics and knowing that the other person does not believe that 9 11 is, an, inter- is a, an inside job. Because how can you talk properly about international politics if they believe? these kind of things, and they don't have a, a rational, reasonable view of the world. So in, in another another uh, example is if you want to talk about space and space exploration and then having to find out that the other person believes the moon landing was fake or, you know, it's just, it makes all these talks quite silly in the end, but you spend a lot of time and you want to talk further, you know. so. Also, another specific goal of the meetup group is not to talk about the skeptic topics, uh, because for me, it's like it has come to an end. You know, you have to draw a conclusion and move on to other very interesting things that you can discuss. So on this meetup group, we just talk about books, uh, interesting books about psychology, philosophy, history, or topics like meditation, uh, how to improve the education system, how would you build utopia, whatever, you know, uh,
0: and yet you are here at a sceptical conference. So uh, then if you're, you say that, that you're a bit tired of discussing all those silly topics, what brings you here?
3: Well, of course, it stays. Uh, you see, it, it, it's so prevalent, these ideas, you know, anti-vaccination movement, homeopathy. And it doesn't matter how much you debunk it. People keep believing it. And it has a real societal impact. It can sometimes be very dramatical, as, as we saw, like people you know foregoing cancer treatment because they believe the homeopathic version is more natural whatever uh, whatever they cook up and it it keeps it's a very prevalent in society in our culture documentaries sometimes it comes in the news sometimes the universities lambash because they offer a course in homeopathy or any other things you know so it's naturally makes me very frustrated and combative. You know, I want to do something about it, but I also don't want to engage myself because I know if I engage myself, I really have no time for that, and <laughs> I want to fight under battles, you know.
0: Do you use events like this as um, gathering uh, ammunition uh, for for your discussions, or
3: or or how do you approach them? You can find all the ammunition you want online, you know. You yeah. just it's so well. There's so many good stuff online. No, I just you know I just go places like in Ghent actually. This year we there are three very interesting events. It's the European Gathering of Mensa, which is uh, the high IQ society. Uh, And on note of that, also in Mensa, there are a lot of people who believe crazy shit. (coughs) (laughs) That was in uh, Ghent two months ago or something. Now you have this also, the European Gathering of Skeptics. And then in November, also in Ghent, you have the Night of the Free Thinker, which is uh, Ah. yearly in Belgium. I was there last last year. Steven Pinker came to talk there. Uh, excellent book, by the way. Of Steven Pinker is one of the books that we discussed in the meetup. Enlightenment. Now, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's actually the one book that I donate the most to people to enrich their worldview, make some corrections.
0: Great. Uh, We are called back in uh, to to the actual uh, uh, lecture theater. But one more thing that I wanted to ask you about your meetup group. Do you uh, occasionally have people appearing out of nowhere uh, who are believers of the very topic that that you probably discuss?
3: You would think that, but actually no. They don't show up. Um, Sometimes I see that somebody believes not very hard in one of the skeptical topics but has doubts or has not got a very strong opinion about what it's about but we don't have people showing up and wanting to debate you know 9-11 or Flat Earth or whatever I do sometimes get messages uh, of people uh, saying you're small minded that you close this group for not talking about this and I'm like yeah but you can start your own meetup group you know it's it's, I don't want to talk about this it's a free world create your own meetup group about any of, anything that you want but uh, this middle group is particularly with these sets of rules and purposes and we're doing it and it's super interesting uh, very nuanced topics very high level, it's super nice but well, I'm
0: assuming that, that uh, experts of certain topics do uh, show up occasionally
3: uh, you mean skeptical topics? Or any other topic that you come up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I had a meditation expert who did like a lot of retreats, had a lot of uh, experience with meditation, and also using drugs while meditating, and which is also super interesting topic. There's a lot of research going on into the use of psychedelics for all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, I meet a lot of uh, also people that are do, um, working in artificial intelligence, machine learning. You know, the people that come to this meetup all have come from very diverse backgrounds and very interesting backgrounds they're doing all kinds of
0: so as I, as i see it from, from from what you said is that it's not um a skepticism focused so not 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 focused on the on the skeptical topics it's it's more like an intellectual exercise
3: yeah indeed but on the basis that you are a, s- a skeptical person that you have a yes. reasonable view of reality mm-hmm. and then we can talk things that have not been discussed so much already. Like homeopathy, it's done. You know, it's done. It's fucking done. You don't have to talk about it anymore. So, like, uh, like let's
0: discuss the different sides and the different aspects of other topics that yes. that are in the current uh, runnings of media.
3: Yeah, or, or or the future, future technology. You know, what's going on with, with climate change? How can we? What can we actually do? Um, international politics. You know, the Brexit. Uh, whatever. You know.
0: Okay, one more thing. Um, um, What is the usual
3: turnout? Uh, It's usually between five and ten people. That's great.
0: Okay, so good luck in the future with that. And how can people find um, this uh, meetup if they were interested?
3: Uh, You just go to uh, meetup.com, search for the meetup in Antwerp, and it's called Unashamedly, People with a Realistic Worldview.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Dita. thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your weekend here.
1: Thank you. Another person that we ran into was somebody that we actually had on the show before, Elisabeth Feitit. She is a film producer and now also a podcaster from France. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's still working on that film that we talked with her about the last time. But I know that in that business, it takes a while to get a, a film out. So she's working on a film. It's now got a new name. It's called Neo Guru. And her podcast is Meta de Shock, but uh, let's hear her talk about it herself.
0: So here we are at the last day of the, the 18th European Skeptics Congress in Kent, Belgium. And I'm sitting here, b- before the first talk starts, I'm sitting here with Elisabeth Fetty from France. <laughs> so welcome back to the show. Thank you it's not the first time because a couple of years ago when on the, at the last European Skeptics Congress we we had a bit of a chat uh, you mentioned a project back then that you were working on about a former mystique how is that project going
4: so it's a documentary project mm-hmm. film it's going well it's going slowly as any film is going slowly anyway where it takes years to make a film two years ago I started writing a script with uh, Jessica Shab who's a former a spiritual leader in the new age and now she's a skeptic and it's a film about her story also explaining many things about the new age movement and spirituality uh, contemporary sp- spirituality and how things can look nice and you know pretty and love and light stuff but in the end can be quite dangerous she was um a guru. So she had many followers. And this is problematic because people don't make their own decisions anymore. They think through someone and then she quit. So this is the story really of her journey. And at the moment, it's going quite well because uh, it's been selected to the Lisbon Docs Festival, which is a kind of workshop with a pitching session to broadcasting stations, channels in Lisbon. And we are negotiating with... um, High-level channels at the moment in Europe, but I can't say more, I can't tell more because this is kind of secret at the moment, but it's going well.
0: Yeah, but I hope when when they are opening, then you'll let us know and and, uh, we can promote that as well.
4: Of course, of course. And we also started the shooting. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to Canada with some money we got actually from um, a few skeptics, uh, humanist uh, associations in Europe, so... Uh, the AFIS, which is a French association for the scientific information, but also the German Federation, the German Consumers Federation and the Giordano Bruno Foundation, which is a, a German association too. So with this money and other money we got Uh, We we could do this. And I'm very happy and proud that the humanists and skeptics, you know, participated to this. So it's ongoing. We're going to shoot more in Germany, in France, in England, probably, and also in Bali, because the island of Bali is where everything happened for Jessica Sharp, where she changed her mind, where she actually understood that something was, well, she knew something was going wrong, but she couldn't make a decision to quit And there she actually really understood that she was kind of under a drug, you know. And she was also a drug dealer because she was actually giving this drug to so many people. But it was very hard for her to to leave this because she had been a, a leader for more than 10 years. So surrounded by people who were just, you know, praising her and saying how beautiful her work was. This kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and we, we had a chat back then with, uh, with Jessica as well, uh, two years ago. And uh, it's, I, I do think it's a fascinating story. So I can't wait for it to, to come out as a whole documentary. So we're waiting for the end result. But this wasn't the only reason why I wanted to sit down with you to have a chat. The other thing is that uh, since we met last time, you started your own podcast, Meta de Shock. And uh, can you tell us more about that?
4: Yeah, so it's a podcast in French. I started in February 2019 and it's called Meta de Choc because it's uh, about metacognition. Metacognition is thinking about our thinking. So I really want to propose something to the French-speaking audience to help them or um, I would say encourage their curiosity about using Skepticism for themselves about themselves. So, why do I think the way I think? Where does it come from? And most of our thoughts are guided by some kind of conditioning, mental conditioning from our education, or culture, or religion, or political ideologies we have, or this kind of stuff, or past experiences. And I think it's really worth questioning, observing the way we think. So, the show is made of two different angles, depending on. Each show, it can be either with a, an expert, a specialist of a, a question, a scientific question, like uh, exploring the way we think through neuroscience, psychology, sociology, or other things. Or it can be a show with someone who just tells their story, a testimonial about someone who changed their mind, who changed their way of thinking. And mainly, it's very often people who left a creed, left a belief. So it can be someone who was in a sect or someone who was a Christian or someone who was a, a believing in one thing or another. And these people, it's really, really interesting because they know, I choose them because they know how to talk about the way they think. And it's so interesting to be able to get inside their mind mm-hmm. and trying to understand the steps of becoming a believer because most of the time they became a believer they were not born in a family that was you know in this belief and then how they lived their belief and then how they left it Mm -hmm. and the steps and the time it took and what happened to them because it's it's quite difficult to leave this kind of belief for example at the moment i have a five episode series of when i were each episode is one hour, with an ex-astrologist.
0: As astrologer. I think.
4: Astrologer? Yeah. Okay, let's say that. Um, and he was very much involved in the French, uh, Francophone Federation of Astrology in, in Europe. He was part of the board, etc. So, um, and then he uh, at some point understood that after 10 years of practicing, he had made, made a mistake. Mm. And then there was this kind of process of trying to question things but trying to question things to actually make astrology valid the first step was that he was just trying to make it valid to make it okay maybe there are some mistakes i can maybe improve the practice or this kind of stuff and step by step he understood at some point he had a a kind of revelation that it was you know it was not working and it was just (laughs) some kind of bias he had and
0: Resembles very much the story of uh, Nathalie Gams, for example, with regards to homeopathy. Mm-hmm. And uh, But you only work with people who are French-speaking, right? Because it's a French-speaking podcast.
4: Yes, uh, it's all in French. There's only two exceptions. I was in Canada to shoot some sequences with Jessica Sharp and I just couldn't refrain, refrain from Doing something with her, interviewing her, because she's quite well-known now in France because of the documentary film I'm I'm making with her, and she has very interesting things to say. So I, I made an interview, I did an interview with her in English. And it's filmed actually for a podcast. It's quite (laughs) strange, but it's subtitled in French, but it's in English. And the other thing is she interviewed me when I was there. Mm -hmm. So I was the questioner being questioned. And there's a show with me explaining my former beliefs because I was also um, uh, a believer in the New Age. So she asks me questions in English and it's subtitled in French. And there are also two other videos which are in French, but they're subtitled in English. If you want to have a, a look,
0: <laughs> Oh, that's good. So, uh, where can people find out more about them, your work, the Meta de Choc, uh, the podcast, the uh, YouTube channel, and everything?
4: Yeah, so there's a website uh, which is called fr. So, it's <coughs> M E T A D E C H O C, shock like yeah. shocking, but it's the French way, so it's C H O C dot F R. And there you can find all the, the podcasts. And then there's also uh, a website for the documentary film. So the documentary film is, has changed uh, names. Now it's called Neo Guru, but it was formerly uh, called Memoirs of a Former Mystic. So the, the website is still called Memoirs of Mystic.com. So if you want to have a look, there's some explanations, texts and photos of the shooting uh, on this website.
0: Great, Elizabeth City. Thank you very much.
4: Thanks. Thanks a lot.:
0: Yeah, I have to say that we we are really looking forward to the documentary to that, that movie. Hope it will happen soon. I think we will conclude with a, an interview with uh, someone who basically ran this uh, European Skeptics Congress. Uh, he was the chief organizer. He, he was like the central figure of uh, the, uh, the organizing team, Paul de Belder. So, here we are, the 18th European Skeptics Congress has ended, so the building is starting to get empty and people are just uh, going home. And I'm standing here with uh, the chief organizer of the event, Paul de Belder. So Paul, how do you see this event? What do you think of it?
6: I think that these uh, these events are an ideal opportunity to meet uh, skeptics from uh, all over Europe and uh, to exchange ideas on how to be more effective in how we can spread the, the, the sceptical message and, and be effective in also in getting results, uh, influencing the po- politics, uh, getting things um, under the attention of the population. I think that's very important because there's too many things mm-hmm. done, especially by pol- politicians, are not evidence-based. They do stupid things. Mm-hmm. And they don't know. And I think we, as uh, sceptics have to help guard against uh, stupid uh, decisions by the organizations and uh, so that, that's a very important thing. Second thing that I like about these congresses is, is that you learn about new things, new, new ways of being skeptic actually but because we, we've had uh, sessions about subjects that have not been handled in previous conferences or that are not so commonly discussed and that that's we did that on purpose. We tried to find some Subjects that have not been treated before in uh, the sceptic uh, circles, and to bring those under attention, under the attention of, uh, of the sceptics, and to—would
0: you like to give us an example?
6: Well, we had a, the conman session today, uh, yeah. with uh, about the psychopathy and, and the art uh, dealers, and yesterday the green scepticism. Of course, it's, it's something that's very much in, uh, under the attention of everyone now. But the, the uh, eco-modernism, we feel that we're, we, we're finally starting to get some results and that we're bringing these things under the attention of the, the general public that the press gets, in, uh, gets interested in these standpoints. So maybe we'll be able to move the... The Green Movement uh, to point them into an effective, science based evidence based series of solutions for the climate change problem that we we need to solve.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So I mentioned that in the introduction that uh, you were the chief organizer of this uh, event, but it was a joint effort of four different organizations, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So uh, can you tell us uh, something about uh, the process of putting together the conference and how many people did you get to work with in terms of um, uh, volunteers and those who helped us out? So it was a very smooth running conference uh, and i'd like to thank you for it. it it was it was an amazing experience so how was it from the point of view of the organizer
6: it, it was quite a light organization i, I would say so we asked uh, the different skeptical organizations in, in belgium and holland to help us and so we we came together a couple times to discuss how we would uh, set it up we had good connections here with the university of ghent Um, with uh, Professor Johan Brakman, Professor of Philosophy. So things fell in place quite easily. You know, Belgium has three languages, actually. So there's a French-speaking sceptical organisation, which is very old, founded in 1948 or 49. Um, They recently revamped their organisation and a young team took over and I thought this was an ideal moment to get them involved And since they're small, much smaller than our our Flemish organization, I thought, well, let's do a Skeptics in the Pub in Brussels so they can show off what they do and then uh, move to Ghent for the main event. That was uh, very nice. We also worked with the the really oldest skeptical organization, the Vereniging Tegen de Quacksalverij, the the Society Against Quackery in in Holland, founded uh, at the end of the 19th century they were very helpful in setting up the, uh, the talks for about um, alternative medicine. So mm-hmm. Catherine de Jong was very helpful in, in getting that uh, involved. And then we got we asked our some help from volunteers sort of our website and got some help from the, the Dutch uh, Skepsis organization. And then uh, we just called our younger generation of skeptics here in Belgium and said, well, we need uh, volunteers uh, who, who is going to help and we had lots, lots of people say, "Oh, yeah, we, we we will be there, and we will take care of the uh, registration and and everything." And so, and the team did a really good job.
0: So thank you very much again for that. Um, and I'm pretty sure that uh, as after all events like this, uh, there will be a meeting to evaluate uh, in retrospect the whole the, the whole event. But uh, I hope before that you will have enough time to get some rest because you deserve that.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, actually, I was going to. To, uh, so Kevin is going to stay in, uh, in our house for uh, for two okay. nights and so I'll, I'll show her around. That it will be a nice uh, other thing to do. To, to just it will not be rest, but at least it will be uh, entertainment and then and, and, yeah, show her of uh, some of the nice areas in main Belgium. That will be that will be fun. And then on Thursday I go on vacation for for two and a half weeks. So perfect planning.
0: Sounds great. So, uh, Paul De Belder, thank you very much again. And this has been our report, uh, line of reports from the European Skeptics Congress in two thousand nineteen. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, I, I must say, really, uh, about Paul
1: that he did a fantastic job. It was a very, yes. very interesting program, and also everything practically worked all the time there were no glitches everybody was there when they were supposed to and it was really smooth uh, sailing at least it seemed like that i'm sure that behind the scenes there were a few emergencies there always are (laughs) but as a participant you you wouldn't know so uh, very
0: well done paul we really appreciate the work you did exactly Mm -hmm. exactly thank you very much and we miss you there Yelena. oh yeah (laughs)
2: Yes, and I'm sorry I wasn't there to enjoy all the talks. I'm sure it was a lot of fun. Mm,
0: It was, indeed. Mm, It was. So, when uh, uh, can we expect you to turn up anywhere around Europe?
2: Uh, I'm not going to be anywhere near where you're going to be, guys, anytime soon, I'm afraid. Mm. (laughs) What? What? Yeah, um, I'm going to Latvia in November for a very quick visit. Mm -hmm. But... um,
1: no European to see, tour planned.
2: To see my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, don't mm-hmm. have any holidays. so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's the freaking US, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. All workaholics. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, unless I uh, arrange some sort of uh, remote working, it's not going to happen for a very long time. <laughs> oh,
0: too bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: You're more than welcome to come and stay <clears throat> in Seattle.
1: Okay, we may do that. <laughs> Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, my 40th coming up next July, so...
1: Ah! Oh, is that an invitation?
2: Yes. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's
1: nice. That's nice.
2: To to come to my 40th in Seattle in July next year. Mm
0: -hmm. Good. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, There was one one more thing that we wanted to mention before we conclude.
1: That's right.
0: We have a new logo for the show.
1: So uh, the fantastic Matt Kemp, who... Did sketches and caricatures of everybody at QED last year. His drawings are great. He has uh, designed a new logo for us. It's based very much based on the old one, but I, I think this one is much nicer, etc. So we're going to use this for now and uh, really, really enjoy looking at all the, the drawings that Matt Kemp did. He is a fantastic uh, artist. So thank you very much, Matt. Uh, we appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and since it's hand drawn, it has a certain feel feel of freshness to it. I really, yeah. Yeah. I really like it, and um, much more personal. Yeah, yes, and it and it reminds me of all the other drawings that he did, and yeah. uh, that's the the added value of it, I think as well. So thank you very much for allowing us to to use that, and uh, I think this has been all. It's been great having you, Jelena. Uh, <laughs> change
2: the, the recurrent guest on the show no
0: no no you uh, don't well, actually, do that you're still not considered a guest on this show.
2: yeah actually i think both of us really did quite a yes. lot of traveling this this year <laughs> yeah um, if you're a
0: guest then i'm a guest so uh, yeah yeah no, this, so is, the only this only permanent is still not show.
2: <laughs> no, no. This is, the show no only no permanent feature is pontus right we'll try to be better during the winter time yes Mm -hmm. i'm counting on that yeah here is for more of the shows where we're we're all together
0: Mm. (laughs) yeah here's to that um so thank you very much for both of you uh thanks to our listeners as well for tuning in please keep doing so and spread the word and until next week goodbye bye-bye If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Kisha J. Gray and George Rupp and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.thesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast.eu and like us on Facebook. I don't
2: know how you can't believe.
1: Sorry, I'll take that again. That was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Not going back in time.